Well, I hope you guys are doing good. Did you guys have a good week? Yeah? I had a pretty good week as well, too. Um, I wouldn't say there was nothing extraordinary that happened, um, but it was still just a really good week. Kirsten, is there any chance that you get me a glass of water? Is that okay? Thank you very much. Um, but it was a good week, even though there, like, it wasn't an extraordinary kind of like big booms going everywhere and, you know, those things that you pray for that you want the breakthrough in that takes six, nine months. That didn't happen in this last week, um, but I still actually had a really good week and, um, and I'm just really grateful to God for honestly just helping me stay grounded in who I am. Um, because there's so many things that can really um, stir us in a different direction and cause us to have really bad days when we're just unsure about life. And that's the constant, that's the anchor that we have in Jesus. Hey, before I start, um, I just want to just share something quickly that I felt to um, bring this morning. Thank you, Kirsty. This, this last week, I was um, finding myself just thinking about this kingdom principle where it's seed, time, and harvest. And as I've been processing that and thinking about that a little more, I, I just felt to bring it this morning as an encouragement to us today, um, just to make sure that we're not digging up seed. Um, I am from Ontario, Canada. That's where I was born. And so there's a lot of farming, uh, a lot of fruit picking and vegetable picking I did. And um, it wasn't fun doing it, but I've learned some things now becoming a Christian and seeing some of the parables in the scriptures. I, I, I recognized, gosh, there's some things that I absolutely did. And I mean, it's biblical, you know, like picking fruit. <laughs> biblical, come on. <laughs> and pruning as well. I actually did some of that as well. But the thing that I actually do remember just even as a kid is that, you know, farmers would sow a seed. And they would have to then wait for that seed to pop out of the ground, right? And then as it popped out of the ground, they'd have to wait a long season before they could actually pick the fruit off of that particular tree or bush, whatever it was. And I just felt like I needed to encourage some people to not dig up seed. You know, there's, there's things that we are trusting God for. There's things that we're praying for, um, and just maybe desiring to have in our own lives, or maybe it's something that you're desiring to be. I want to be more like, I would love for this to happen in my life, and we're praying and we're contending for these things, and it's like, in, in a moment of worship, God can sow a seed, and that seed has to remain, it has to remain until it's time to come out of the ground. There's timing on all the things that happen in our life, and it's it's a kingdom principle. It's seed, time, and harvest. We see it all the way through scripture. It's seed, time, and harvest. And sometimes we can get discouraged with the reality of God in our lives when we don't have that, you know, I, I sowed a seed and tomorrow it doesn't turn into this, you know, miraculous tree that's been sitting there. And it looks like a 30-year-old tree. And it's just, boom, just we flicked a switch and it's just there, you know. And sovereignly, sometimes God makes those things happen quickly, but my experience and what I see in scripture is that there's a place for us to not dig up sea, but to have faith and believe. 
to have faith and believe. In James 1, it actually talks about this space of patience, right? Where if we have patience with, with the things that we're going through and our eye sees clearly and sees singularly, it actually produces incredible fruit in our lives. We're perfect, complete, lacking nothing because we understand who God is in the midst of the waiting. And so I want to encourage you guys, don't dig up the seed. Don't dig up the seed. It could be one of these things where it's like, it's germinated. It's already in the ground and it's germinated, but you can't see it. You can't see it because it's underground, but it's germinated. It's already growing. Be encouraged. Be encouraged that God is on the move even when you don't see him moving. Don't dig up your seed. So anyways, encouragement to you guys. If there's seed in the ground and there's a temptation of just, ah, I'm just going to dig that thing up. I'm just going to do my own thing over here. I promise you, you're going to be walking around that mountain again. And it's not because that's bad prophecy. It's just reality that when we dig up seed that God is wanting to plant, um, we we actually start the process all over again. We have to replant and wait and let that thing pop out of the ground. Does that make sense? So if anybody's desiring that, please stop. Just stop. Let it sit there. Let it grow. Let it become a fruitful tree. And in due time, you will be the harvest. Like the fruit on your life, people will begin to see that. People will begin to see the change in your life and it's going to be the radical testimony of Jesus. And so I, I just wanted to share a little bit of my story. I felt to do that this morning. Um, I don't know if you guys heard, but Reinhard Bonnke has passed into glory. Um, he's a man of God that actually laid down his life um, to preach the gospel, to share Jesus with the world. And he's touched millions and millions and millions of people um, with his story in God, the reality of Jesus. And he's seen thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of incredible miracles that actually fell upon people. Amazing stuff, you know. And I just want to honor him today as a, a general in the faith for us as the body of Christ. And just say thank you, Reinhardt, for all that you've done for the body of Christ, for the world and your evangelism and preaching truth. He's in a wonderful place right now, caught up in glory, but I just wanted to just honor this incredible man. I, I haven't personally met him, but I've seen many of his videos and preachings and stuff, and it's just an awesome thing when a man or a woman lay down their life to actually solve problems, but give everything to it. So... My story began a long time ago. About 2001, January 7th at 10.30 in the morning, I was actually in a church in Vancouver, Canada. And uh, I was a drug addict. I had a lot of problems in my life. But the one problem at the time that I didn't see being solved was, um, you know, me actually having purpose and knowing what I'm designed for. I never had a desire for Jesus. I never had a desire for any form of God whatsoever. In fact, my whole life, I was cursing God. I had my own template of what Jesus looked like in my life. And people came into my path. You know, hindsight's always 20-20. We see where God has always been. We see where people have 
come and share the gospel and try to encourage and build up. And for years, I had people coming into my life randomly in the streets, you know, preaching the gospel, just telling me about Jesus, and I wanted nothing to do with it. Um, I walked away in my drug haze and my drunkenness, and I was, I was living life for myself, and it was a wonderful thing at the time, so I thought. And it was, um, it was actually January 4th. Is, is when I, when I met a person that actually stopped me, preached the gospel to me, and I, she, she was a friend of a friend, and so I, I, I never would have thought that this day would have changed my life, but it did, because I wasn't searching for Jesus. I wanted, honestly, nothing to do with God, and so when she started sharing Jesus, I quickly let her know that I was high just earlier that day. I was smoking weed, and I wanted her to understand that I had no desire for Jesus and she, it's like she didn't even hear what I was saying and just continued with sharing her life with me and began to explain how she as well used to be into drugs and binge drinking and had a life living for herself and didn't know what she wanted to do with her life. And something happened on the inside of me. And I'm telling you, I, I had no desire in my life at that time to want to hear anything about Jesus like nothing whatsoever was stirring me consciously where I understood that I needed God in my life. In fact, I thought I was living the life. I thought I was living the life. And here is a person standing in front of me that I'm having a coffee with and is beginning to share her story and her life of how God transformed her, like completely transformed her inside out. And something on the inside of me was intrigued, you know. There's something leapt. You know, I have language for this now, but at the time, I wouldn't have said leapt. But now I understand that that's what was happening. There was something on the inside of me that was like, oh my gosh, this, wow, that's cool. That's probably the only thing that I could say. Wow, that's cool that God is changed your life like that. Like, like how was that possible? Her sister got healed of some rare disease the reality of a miracle. I was like, oh my gosh. Like, the doctors don't have an answer for that? She continued and just began to share about how her life now is different. She sees differently. She feels different. She wakes up in the morning with a completely different consciousness. And something, something leapt in me. I was like, wow, that sounds really interesting. I, like, if, if I could have something like that, now, I'm not saying that that's Jesus, but if I could have something like that, that would be pretty incredible. That'd be pretty amazing to wake up in the morning and actually have something to live for. It'd be pretty amazing to wake up in the morning and actually feel loved. It'd be pretty amazing to wake up in the morning and know that I don't need drugs and binge drinking in order for me to feel okay about the day. Well, something radical happened that day, folks. I never in my wildest dreams would have thought that I would have wanted a part two on a God conversation. The part one, I, I wasn't asking for it. I wasn't praying for it. There was nothing in me that was saying, Jesus, are you real? God, are you real? There was nothing religious on the inside of me that was asking for anything like that whatsoever. This conversation happens. She was bold in her faith, preached the gospel to me, but identified with all of my earthly struggles identify with me as a person and didn't judge me. And I said, you instigated the part one. Can I instigate part two? Can we do this again? And she's like, I'll do it again with you. I'll, I'll pick you up two days time. 
And I'm thinking, what's in two days? It was church. And I'm like, oh, you Christian. You Christian, you're going to take me to church. And you're going you're gonna to take me to this place that I've got a lot of bad feelings towards. But I went into that building, guys. That, that morning, I actually said something. My roommate, who's not Christian whatsoever, he actually thought I was completely foolish. He goes, man, what are you doing, man? What are you doing? This, this just sounds ridiculous. And I said, I know it sounds ridiculous, but at the end of the day, I got nothing to lose. And I said something quite in my heart. I said, God, if, if you're real the way that this person says you're real, then I will give you my life. And I walked into that church, guys, and little did I know that my whole life was going to be radically transformed. It was a church of 3,000 people. I walked in, and I, it, it was like there was three layers of the church. It was so big. And as I walked in, I began to, at the time, I had no grid for anything that was in this book right here. I knew nothing about anything. All I knew is that if there was something that I could have that this girl said was real, then I would like to have some of that reality. And so I walked into this church, and I don't know if you've ever woken up in the morning where you're really, really tired, and your eyes just, they're just not clear. You're, you're just seeing a little bit fuzzy. Well, I was sitting in my seat, and I was looking across the building, and it was hazy in the building, and I was, like, adjusting my eyes. And I'm going, what's going on here? Like, I, I just didn't know, and so it just continued. And then I began to smell smells in this building that, to this day, I do have, like, I, I have no language for it. There's nothing that I could describe in terms of a fruit or a vegetable or a flower or anything that has language for what I smelt on that day. I knew, like, I, I just didn't even know what it was. I, it was strange. And I remember sitting beside this girl, and I said, do you smell that? The only thing she could say in response was, I'm wearing perfume. And I was like, no, this isn't your perfume. This is something really different. I don't even know what it is. But again, I have no grid for anything. And so the morning just continued on. The pastor gets to the front on January 7th, 2001, about 1030 in the morning. He says, hey, church, uh, I have no message for you. Um, this is the first Sunday of the year, and so we're talking about Vision Sunday. So we're just going to be talking about outreaches and different ways that we want to reach our community. And so we began to just share about all of the home groups they were going to unleash in that year, and I could not stop sobbing. I just cried, and I cried, and I cried, and I cried, and I have no idea why I was crying. Like, I felt a little foolish sobbing at the words of Bible study and home groups, and I didn't even know what a home group was, and I certainly hadn't been a part of a Bible study, and I was weeping on the ground, just weeping, just like one of those just totally undignified cries, snotting everywhere, coming out your nose, and I don't even know why I am crying. Honestly, I don't. And this woman in the middle of this service gets up, and she says, Pastor, I have word of the Lord. And I'm assuming either the pastor must have really trusted this person or he knew this person. Because in a church of 3,000, we all know there's always that person that has word of the Lord, right? I now know this. She gets up and she says, I have no idea who this is for, but this is what I would say to you. These are tears of joy, not tears of sorrow. The old has passed away. Behold, all things have become new. And I started weeping from the inside like I have never wept before. The kind of language that you hear in so many testimonies of like, I just feel clean. I feel clean. 
I feel like for the first time ever, I'm actually experiencing life. The descriptive words that we have for this don't do it justice sometimes. But something happened. It was radical. I had no idea. But I became brand new on that day. The radical story of Jesus touched my life. I fell in love with God for the first time. It's falling in love with Jesus. The service ends and I'm on the floor and I'm a complete mess. This girl comes over and she knows what's going on and she's just really excited. She says, can I take you out for breakfast and tell you what's happened? I said, that'd be good. So I got up on this, off the floor. The power of God hit me and I hit the floor. It felt like a bolt of lightning went through my body. I was flattened for another 15, 20 minutes. Couldn't move a muscle in my body. She picked me up afterwards, walked me down two sets of stairs like a drunk man. I had no idea what was going on. All I knew is something radical shifted in my heart. I didn't have language. I, I know nothing about this book. I knew nothing about this. Jesus healing, the first time I had ever heard that was two days prior to that Sunday. And here I am encountering the same person of Jesus that this woman was telling me about. She takes me out for breakfast. We sit down, her whole family's there, and I'm still shaking and just like trembling, just going, what is going on? We hit a pancake house, and I'm shaking, and her brother's standing at, sitting across from me. And he's like, are you okay? And I've never met him before, and I said, I, I have no idea if I'm okay right now. I have no idea. And he says, did you want to go for a walk? I said, that sounds like a good idea. And as I stood up, the power of God hit me in this restaurant. The bolt of lightning hit me, and I fell over in this restaurant. And I looked like a crippled man on the floor, all kind of seizuring on the floor and stuff. And Lael and her sister, they, they picked me up, and they're just so excited. They brought me outside, and it's like they were doing this this joyful dance around me in the streets while I sat there on a sidewalk in Vancouver, Canada, shaking like a leaf, wondering what the heck just happened to me. That's my story, friends. There's a reason why I love Jesus. It had nothing to do with me. That day, my cigarette addiction's gone. My drug addiction's Gone. My binge drinking, gone. That had nothing to do with me. It was not mind over matter. It wasn't do a little bit more and possibly you'll get free. Friends, I just got free. I just got free. And I'm just falling more and more in love with God. I'm understanding a little bit more about this book. Still got a long ways to go. But I love Jesus. I love Jesus. And it's not just some weird thing that I've just conjured up in my life. I just need someone to lean on, and that's why I need this thing. He's a great person to lean on. 
But Jesus is the God that saves us and sets us free. He sets us free, friends. The reality of God on the inside of us. And so I'm grateful for people like Reinhard Bonnke that went out and preached the gospel. I'm so grateful for that person that decided to take me out for a coffee and share her life with me. She wasn't sharing some deep theology, guys. She was sharing her story. And her story touched my life in a way that I would never be the same again. I wasn't looking for God. I wasn't looking for Jesus. I wasn't looking for a transformed life. I was having the time of my life. So I thought. And then I met Jesus. <laughs> and I remember talking to my parents. And again, I'm still pretty raw. Very, very raw. My language is raw. I'm born again. I'm free. But man, I'm, I'm just very raw. And I just remember telling my parents, they knew that I was into drugs, but they had no idea what level. And I said, man, the buzz that I get in Jesus is far greater than that ecstasy and speed and all that stuff that I was doing. And they're like, oh my gosh, were you doing all that stuff? <laughs> Guys, I was just free. Is it okay if I just be a little bit raw and real? I didn't join a theology school, man. I just became a part of the family. It's a radical thing, man. And we're in this season right now where we're actually remembering the Father sending his Son for us. Matthew twenty-two thirty-seven: 37. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind and strength. The greatest thing that we can do for the kingdom of God and for ourselves is to love God with everything. Because it's in the space of loving God with everything that we begin to have answers for people. We begin to get off the roller coaster of life. When we love God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. You know, I've, I've discovered in the last 18 years that me loving God has given me a, a worldview. It's given me a worldview. It's, it's given me something in my life that I never had before. I was living for myself. My ambitions were for me, and I was being trained and tutored by the world, and that was a wonderful thing, so the world says tutored by the world to just go get a job. You do what you need to do. You run over people if you need to. Just don't get caught. Do whatever you want. Spend the money the way you want. And everything was about fulfilling myself. And because I was being trained and tutored by that, that became my reality and that's what I began to live for. And so whatever I wanted, I would run after it. And I would steal from people to get what I wanted. I would sear my conscience in certain areas because I wanted certain things that I wasn't allowed to have. So I would steal and stab people in the back to get the things that I desired for my own life. But when I got born again, all of a sudden I was given a new filter on life. 
a new way. And it's, it, it's totally backwards to what we understand. It's like when you get born again, it doesn't mean that life is all of a sudden rosy and no bad things happen to good people. It's that we now have a filter and a grid knowing how to respond to life differently because of the power of God that's within us. He changes the human heart. I've never had a desire for drugs again. Like never, ever, never. I've never thought, oh man, just be good to get on a little bit of that. I've just never thought that. And I haven't tried to stop thinking that. And why I mention that is sometimes when we get stuck, when we get stuck in hard things, we don't experience the breakthrough and we feel like we need to try harder to try to get breakthrough in freedom when really all we need to do is just love God more. Loving Jesus more. Spending time with him. Being reminded of the things that he's already done. Does that make sense? You know, I've been a little bit challenged in the last um, probably month to month and a half just about, you know, my, my own ambitions in life and where, where am I sitting with my love for God, you know? It's really, really easy to just get caught up in your own stuff, man, just to start doing what you've always known. And it started off in God, but then every season after that, there should be a fresh kind of like, God, what are you saying? Should I, should I do something a little bit differently? Should I do it a little bit differently or do I just continue as usual and inviting God into the process? And I've been really challenged, friends, in my own love towards God in some of these things. You know, the scriptures say, it says, you know, in a man's heart, right, we, we plan our ways. We, we plan our ways, but it says that the Lord, he desires to direct the steps. He wants to direct our steps. He wants to continue to be a part of our everyday life. Just every day, you know, like every day, every single day, he wants to be a part of what is happening in your life. And that whole God reality, that, that God consciousness, we can actually remember Jesus. Man, it does something radical for us when we start living that way. Doesn't mean that you're not gonna have problems in life, but he just says cool things like be of good cheer for I've overcome the world. I've actually overcome the world. God doesn't honor the problems enough to just remove them because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. It's a perspective on life, guys. We can go into the season just so aware of God, so full of joy, so full of life, just full of life. But we have to start loving God with everything that is within us, like everything. Can we do it with everything? Can we do it? Can we do it? Can we just say finance? You'll be submitted to the Spirit of God. Reactions? You'll be submitted to the Spirit of God. Work, you'll be submitted to the Spirit of God. Family, you'll be submitted to the Spirit of God. When we submit to God, it gives us a different perspective. 
we're not just trying to do these things on our own. We don't want to do it on our own. My life, I'm off, like, I'm, I'm telling you honestly, I'm often thinking, I don't even know how I would do life without you, Jesus. And that's not because I'm some poor lost boy. It's because all of my purpose and everything that I have is actually found in him. Everything is found in him. And learning to love him with everything provides so much opportunity for me, but the people around me as well too. Does that make sense? Staying submitted, just staying submitted to God. Hope, like hoping for things. Hoping that God's going to be there and staying submitted to the process, not digging up seed along the way. Hang in there. Hang in there. God is good. There's this really crazy scripture that I just want to just remind us of this morning in Matthew 10, 37. And it says this, if we love mother, father, brother, and sister more than him, we are not worthy of him. That can sound like such a harsh thing for Jesus to say to us, right? But where does the source of life come from? Where does purpose come from? Where does life come from? Where are the things that we have a tendency to draw on in our lives every single day, weekly, monthly? We draw on all these things in our life, and there's nothing wrong with being connected to family and friends and family. But Jesus is just saying that if we're willing to love them more than him, then we're not worthy of being his disciples. And there's a challenge there for us, friends. And it's for our own breakthrough. It's for our own breakthrough. The breakthrough in the time and the patience of that thing that needs to grow in our lives. The purposes of God. The time and the patience that it takes in that. When we love God and we get discouraged along the way, has anybody ever been discouraged in their life? Has anybody ever wanted to give up on life sometimes? Find it difficult to just roll into the next week? I think it's welcome to the club. Welcome to the club. All of that has happened, right? And sometimes we find ourselves lingering in that place of, of wanting, but there's a place where God is saying, church, don't dig up the seed. Don't dig it up. For in due season, you will reap. Don't dig up the seed. Love him more than all the things on the earth. Stay in faith. Be hungry. Simple little things that our spirits just need to be encouraged in. Be encouraged, church. Be encouraged. Let God finish the work that he started. Don't dig it up. You dig it up. You're going to get discouraged. You're going to fall away from God in that area for a little. And then you have to come back again, plant the seed, get healing. Don't dig up the seed. 
Let God finish the thing that he started. And I think in a lot of ways, we need to really, um, this is meant to be not heavy, but encouraging, but let it be weighty enough where we can actually do something with it, right? Because I, I think sometimes we can get so encouraged by messages. We can get so encouraged and we feel so just like, wow, and we walk away totally unchanged. Totally unchanged. And with the line of work that I'm in, I see it all the time. We're overtaught and underexperienced. We got podcasts everywhere. Any message you could possibly want, every book you could possibly want, it's right there. Boom, ebooks, just right there. You don't even have to wait for the books to come in the mail. Just boom, right there on your phone, on your iPad, on your computer. Everything is right there. And so we get really, really encouraged by the things that we're hearing. And we feel like we're living these things just because you got excited. But the reality is that the following week comes and the seed that got sown in that place of excitement got dug up along the way through apathy, through discouragement, through hardship. And it's like the seed that fell on the stony ground, really excited to hear it. But then the sun came out and it scorched it because it had no root. There's no soil for it to grow in. We're called to change the world. Through Jesus. So we need to fear the Lord. We need to fear the Lord. And I'm not talking about being scared of God. I'm talking about honoring and respecting and being in reverence of our Father in heaven who gave his only begotten son for you so that you would not perish, but have everlasting life. We should fear the Lord with some of these things. Say, God, would you let that word change my life? It's only by his spirit that we can become brand new. It's only by his spirit that we can be transformed into his likeness. There's nothing that you can work towards that will make that happen. But as we hear word of the Lord in our lives, let's fear God on that. Let's fear him. Let's let Holy Spirit remind us. Let's not get so logical outside of the place of worship where we're hearing him that we do nothing with it. Have you ever noticed when you get lost in this sweet place of worship, how easy it is to just be peaceful and joyful and hear from God? Has anybody ever noticed that? Like when, when you let your heart go, you're just kind of like, wow, this is just wonderful. It's wonderful. And I've noticed this about my own life as well too, where I'm like in that space, I'm, like, everything is just gone. Like it's, it's the craziest thing. When I let my heart connect with God in, in a place of worship, I begin to feel him, encounter him, experience him, know him more. All of a sudden, I'm, I'm actually getting downloads from God. I'm praying and I'm talking to him and he's speaking to me. And I'm like, wow, this is incredible. And then I'm like, oh man, we need to, we need to end this thing. This sucks. Like, I don't even know what to even say to end this right now because I just want it to continue. Because in that space of worship, when we're connecting with God, the crazy thing, it's, it's in Romans where it says that if we walk by the Spirit... We will not fulfill 
the lust of the flesh. See, when you get caught up in the spirit, man, it's like the awareness of God is there. Everything is on it. You're like, you're hearing him. Sometimes you're feeling him. You're encountering him. You feel embraced. You feel love, right? And it's in that space where we can hear dramatic things from the Father, where he's like, I want your life to address a problem in this world. I want to eradicate poverty through your life. And we're like, yes, thank you, God. And we're excited and we're going for it. And then as the music fades, as the music fades, what kicks in? The old flesh express tooting its horn. We walk by sight all of a sudden. We walk by sight. It's like we're just walking as mere men. But you're not. You're filled with the Spirit of God. You're filled with God. And being filled with God is completely different. Your life can now answer problems in this world. So why don't we by faith and fear of the Lord in the middle of that worship time as we're hearing things Write it down. Say yes to it. Say yes, God. Yes, God. Yes, God. Yes, God. Partner up with somebody. Say, man, I heard this during worship. I don't know. I, I feel like my life, I, I, I feel like I need to go and talk to someone this week. I feel like I need to go and encourage somebody this week. I feel like I need to just make a phone call to this person. I don't even know what I'm going to say, but I just need to make a phone call to this person. I feel like I need to meet with the leader of the city because I, I, I don't know what's going to happen, but I feel like God is leading my life into a space where I'm going to be an answer to something that is going on in the city. Would that be radical? See, those things are actually easy to hear in worship, but it's when the music fades. When the music fades and all is stripped away, all we're left with is that word and zero emotions. Is the word enough? I want to Barnabas you guys today. I want to encourage you. Is the word enough? Is it enough? Is the word of God enough? I believe it is. Here I am 18 years later. You guys are here. You're still here. The word is enough. There's just a few things that we need to do. We need to fear the Lord. We need to fear the Lord. And never give up. Don't dig up seed. Don't dig up those things that God is planting in your life for a season of breakthrough. I would wonder, honestly, I would wonder if all of us got up, got lost in a place of worship and started asking God, God, what do you want me to do in this city? I would wonder what he would say. I would wonder how many people would hear something so flippin' radical that it would scare the pants off you. 
I'm serious. I wonder about that stuff. What do we want to hear? I am a little bit passionate this morning. It's just in me. I'm sorry. <laughs> it, is, it is just to encourage you. I, I promise you that. I am not angry with you. I am not angry with you at all. I love you guys a lot. But I think that there is something really, really deep in that, guys, that us as the church, you know, we, we, we do need to learn how to just be okay with what God has already said. Just be okay with that space of like, God's already spoken something. I'm, I'm going to fear the Lord on that. I'm actually going to take that. And if you don't know what to do with it, well, then go and ask questions. Go hang out with somebody. Like, we are the body together. And it's unfortunate that, you know, the Gold Coast is just another city, right? But there's many cities around the world and around Australia where I'm like, what could happen if we actually came together and feared the Lord on what he's spoken on our lives? And like, I, I just wonder about that, you know? I just wonder, how could we change the Gold Coast with the power of God? We know that his love is endless. He's chasing people down all over the place. The love of God just wants to touch people. He wants to forgive them. He wants them to know that there's a plan and a purpose and stuff. We just need to keep running with Jesus, man. Keep loving God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. Loving him, loving him, loving him, loving him. Is that a simple word? It's really simple, hey. It's really simple, but it can get really complex when we're walking in the flesh. When we walk in the spirit, man, it makes sense, and it's thrilling, it's energizing, it's reviving. But when we're walking in the flesh, and don't condemn yourself if you've been there. I've been there. I just don't condemn myself anymore. I said, God, just help me to get out, man. Help me to get out. I want to walk in the spirit so that I can be life and love to my neighbors to the people at the shops, to my workplace. I just want to walk by the Spirit because there's so much in that. Seed, time, and harvest. Why don't we just stand up? I feel like I've got not a whole lot more to say about that, but I do want to pray for us. And um, yeah, I want to encourage you guys as well too that you know whatever has landed this morning on your own heart through worship and through what i've been sharing this morning um partner up with somebody afterwards don't let what's landed just be something that gets stolen away as soon as you walk out those doors right if something has landed ask someone to pray for you say man this this is something that I'm feeling right now. I'm actually encountering this right now. I'm feeling a stirring on the inside right now. I mean, all of those things are ways in which God speaks to us. And if there's something, don't walk out this door without getting someone to pray for you. Just to pray for you, just keep you accountable. Say, man, I wanna encourage that. Cool? All right, Father, we just wanna thank you again.
um, just for your Holy Spirit. We want to thank you for your Holy Spirit that is in this place, that has been uh, moving in and through our lives and is continuing to work on our lives, God. We're just so, so thankful that you are here. We're so thankful that you are here. Thank you, Jesus. Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Come flood this place and fill the atmosphere. Your glory, God, is what our hearts long for. To be overcome by your presence, Lord. Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Come flood this place and fill the atmosphere. Your glory, God, is what our hearts long for. To be overcome by your presence, Lord. How great is our God. Sing with me, how great is our God. And all will sing how great. How great is our God. How great is our God. Sing with me how great is our God. And all will sing how great, how great. Is our God? He's the name above all names. You are worthy of all praise. Him heart will sing. How great is our God? Thank you, Jesus. Yes, Father, we just want to thank you. We 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 want to thank you, Jesus. We want to thank you that it's not by might, not by power, but it's by your spirit, Lord. Thank you, God. Thank you. Just help us. Help us this week, God, to be so aware of you. Help us to find strength in the reality of who you are, God. We just ask that you would continue to speak to us this week, God, that we would fear the Lord and the things that you're speaking to us about. Thank you, God. And Lord, help us to continue to be hungry. Help us to be hungry, God. Just hungry for the things of Jesus. Thank you for cleaning us, Lord. Thank you for cleaning us. Thank you for cleaning us. Thank you for cleaning us.